Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. So in today's episode of Learning Unboxed, we are excited because we're going to talk about what it means to be community partners. And joining us today is Dr. Michael Dennis, who um, wears multiple hats inside of our community. But most important and impressive, I would like to point out, is the fact that uh, Dr. Dennis has a PhD in biochemistry, I believe it is, and he's a JD, which makes his sort of role in space at a company called CAS make total sense. So welcome, Michael, to the program. Thank, thank you, Dr. Corbin. Hi, everyone. Thank you. To set the stage just a little bit, because our listeners come to us from all over the world from a variety of different backgrounds. Michael, you're also the vice president, legal, something called PMO and innovations at a company called CAS. So let's start with what the heck is CAS? What does it do and why does it matter for all of us today? Well, thanks. So CAS, we're a science and technology-based organization. So we've been around for over 114 years. We're part of something called the American Chemical Society, or ACS, and that's one of the world's largest scientific associations. But what do we do at CAS? Mm-hmm. It's complex. We, aggregate, yeah. <laughs> we bring together all the world's science, so we aggregate it, whether it's from books, dissertations, journals, patents, go figure, it comes to Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Then we normalize it and we curate it in a way to make it more discoverable for our customers. And our customers are out there doing some amazing innovation. So these are organizations like Pfizer, like Johnson & Johnson, or NASA, or Intel. So if you're doing research and you're, you're touching science and chemistry, you're probably interacting with CAS and some of our solutions. So it's all about data. And, and it's more than, because I, I, I do want to set the stage, because we're going to dig into a little bit about the way that CAS and PASS Foundation have partnered. But one of the things that's really intriguing to me is it's not just about science and about the data, but it's about protecting it and keeping it and curating it and just really thinking globally about the data itself and the implications of data, correct? We Yes, that's it. Thank you for that segue. So... The the data, the science that's happening uh, for us transcends geographical boundaries. So our customers are about a third are in the United States, about a third are in Europe, and about a third are in Asia. So we're truly a global. And the types of research that's happening, in some cases, incredibly proprietary, incredibly confidential. So we have an on-prem data center. And the protection of that information. So yes, we invest heavily in cybersecurity um, and all sorts of other data privacy models. Yeah, so a a lot of stuff going on around the world that involves formulas somehow or another, CAS is likely to be involved. That's correct. We have the ability to see some things that are coming that I, unfortunately, I wish I could tell you about them. I I wish that too. It'd be fun. (laughs) (laughs) But there's some really amazing innovations that are out there on the horizon. Yeah, and, and it's that innovation, I guess, and that innovation space that is sort of the 
perfect sort of partnership and segue with an organization like the Pass Foundation. And, you know, just for our listeners, we, we, we got involved together because this question sort of came up about CAS is this amazing entity inside of our community, but what and how does this, this, this organization, this company, if you will, then interact with that community in some type of meaningful way? And that was sort of the beginnings of some of our conversation together. Sure. But that really gets me to the crux of the conversation that I want to have with you today, because we do hear all the time, you know, in our own work with communities, with schools, with individual teachers, lots of works with families and communities around how, how does what happens in sort of that K-12 ecosystem, if you will, from a U.S. perspective, how, how does that ecosystem and the ecosystems tied to business and industry, how do they truly meaningfully intersect. And that gets me sort of sort of thinking about what's that community partnership opportunity. And schools struggle to figure out how do I do something meaningful with industry. And oftentimes we hear from industry the exact same thing. Well, we want to be more meaningful and more strategic in our community, but we don't really know how to do that. We don't know how to have that conversation. So I, I, I want to start this with, you know, how does CAS think about community partnerships or community stewards as it relates to sort of the role and impact that you could play in a community like Columbus that has a lot of big industries here. So it's not sure. unique in that sense. So how, how, does, how does CAS sort of wade through all the noise that is our community? So great question. So for, I'll speak for CAS. I can't speak for all Absolutely, the other yeah. nations in Columbus. But if I didn't mention, we're also a, a not-for-profit. So mm-hmm. for our community involvement, we're not doing it for uh, some benefit on a financial balance sheet. We do it in part because it's just the right, the mm-hmm. right to do it sort of in our, our DNA. And as we grow and become more successful, we want to give back uh, to our community, which is Columbus, Ohio, where we've been for over, as I said, over 100 years. Mm-hmm. So in addition to doing it for the right thing, we do it for pride in all our staff. And so strategically, we've connected three pillars. And one is STEM or mm-hmm. STEM. Uh, a second one is um, health and wellness, and a third is diversity. So if you're in one of those three spaces, not to say there's always an exception that we can do something right. outside of that, but if you're in one of those three, you're in our sweet spot. And so at past, you are. You cover mm-hmm. several of those, actually. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're so attracted to what you're doing, Dr. Corbin, at the Past Foundation. Mm-hmm. Plus, we just love that you're kind of blowing up STEM education. We just think it needs an overall. Yeah. And these are the next generation of, of employees for CAS, customers for CAS, mm-hmm. who just love science and tech. So that we like that hands-on learning. Mm-hmm. And we just want to be more uh, a part of, of that. So how... So digging into that just a little bit. So so how as an organization then, as you're sort of setting about sort of thinking about the opportunity in any given community, and there's there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on in a community of this size um, here in Columbus, and there's a lot of need, and there there are a lot of competing factors. So separate from the the sort of I, I guess the heart of what I'm trying to get at is how does an organization sort of say, these are the pillars, these are the things that are gonna be important to us? Because that is one of the things that as schools or communities are trying to wrestle with how do we best think about partnership 
Because the conversation I have with schools all the time is, you know, you don't necessarily want to have partners just because you need to have a name or a list, you know, on, on, on the piece of paper or on the plaque outside of the school. You want partners that roll up their sleeves and invest in you, live with you, have that sort of mutual sort of peace. And, you know, you said that it's important to sort of the heart and soul of CAS. It's meaningful to you. So how does a, how does an organization craft what's meaningful and what's not? Does that make any sense? It, it does. So we have a, a group that helps and, and, and Manny sort of select. We mm-hmm. can't do right at CAS, unfortunately. And one of the criteria that we use is, is impact. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to, if CAS is going to do something, collaborate with an organization, we want to be impactful. We want to do it the right way. And then for us, we're not fly by night. So we want to do this for many, many, many mm-hmm. years and grow and grow with you. And, and, and the assets that we bring to bear, it's not just about cash for us. Yes, we can win. But for us, as you said, we want to roll up our sleeves mm-hmm. and be part of it. So we have a group of a large group of volunteers, whether they're technologists, scientists, whatever, across the board, mm-hmm. we get involved. So I'll give you one example. Um, there's a program we like called WOW. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we started this with her name is. Um, Dr. Alessic at the Ohio State University. She's dean of the College of uh, Biological Sciences and Chemistry, uh, along with Mattel, where we go in to Columbus Inner City Schools, our scientists, and we try to inspire those K through five kiddos to the wonders of science. And they don't know it. Many of them are little mini scientists. And and for those watching, I encourage you to get involved, volunteer, and while you will get more out of it, I think kids do. But it's, it's that kind of activation that we really, really, really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And just to remind our listeners, and I don't remember what episode it is, but we, we interviewed the folks from, from WOW. They were one of, the, one of the programs that we've done. So, you know, look back. And if you want to hear, hear more about it, it's just a fabulous program. And I, and I think that that sort of gets to the heart of the sort of the way that we think about community partnerships. And, and so I want to dig in just a little bit. The, so the relationship that PASS, for example, has with CAS, you know, we, we, we met you right on the cusp, if you will, right, of this crazy global thing that's happening to us all, this, this pandemic. And one of the things that we found that we, we needed pretty desperately as we got ready to sort of roll on the flip side of a piece of this and get more, get back in touch, physically in touch, if you will, with kids, was that we can't do all that great STEM program that we love in the community in the same way because it wasn't safe. And yet we knew kids desperately needed to be with each other and they needed to be with instructors and they needed to be able to have experiences again because it had been a really tough long year at that point, you know, thinking about, you know, getting back on track for the summer of 2021. And what was wonderful about working with CAS is what we said we had a need. And you said, well, we've got all this acreage. We have this land. How about you come and run your programs? but you do it here and you do it outside and we make all of these resources available to be able to make that happen. And that's exactly how we were able to do summer programming last summer. It's incredibly meaningful, but the best part of that and all that is wonderful, but truly the best part was that folks from CAS came out and actually engaged in the programming because it was right there. And I loved that community involvement piece. Well, that energy from those kids was infectious, right? And I'm so glad about our partnership, but also that we uh, that in such a fun and safe way right in the middle of the, mm-hmm. the pandemic. Right. And that's not an easy thing to do. So I, I want to uh, 
I want to transition a little bit to sort of thinking about, because the, the reality is the involvement, the list of things that CAS is doing in the community, it is pretty diverse. Like you said, there, there's a whole host of things that you're doing. And I'm also really curious. Just, one, just to, to that yeah. point, there, although we paused it today because of the, the weather, in a partnership with OSU Wexner Medical, we're a COVID test site, mm-hmm. uh, the National Guard. So if anybody needs COVID testing, it's a drive-through, it's safe. Mm-hmm. Vehicle, but yes, those are the kinds of things that we like to. Yeah, and and those are the kinds of things you know when you think about the variety and the pieces. I, I'm really really curious then about how less about the decision making around the kinds of things that you do, but once once the decisions made, hey, we're going to be this this testing site. How do you as an organization then? how are you able to deploy the resources? Like a lot, some of these things are, don't necessarily take a lot of staff time from CAS, but some of them are going to take a tremendous amount of staff time. And I've been to a number of different things that have gone on on the grounds at CAS. And I can tell you that some of them, I, I, I look around and it's like ants crawling everywhere, trying to get things done effectively. And how do you balance that, that, that amazing community engagement piece and then the, the actual work that you do? How, do, how does an organization do that? So it, it starts with the leadership team and, and our leader, Manuel Guzman. Yeah. So he came in uh, with his heart and soul when it mm-hmm. comes to the community. And that, that's infectious. That's just trickled down to a thousand of us at, at CAS. So we, it's, when we put a call out for volunteers, it's mm-hmm. easy. Get many, many, many hands that, that, mm-hmm. that come up. Now, yes, you still have to get your day job done. Yeah. At CAS, but from there we've got an amazing facilities team, an amazing project management team. Mm-hmm. I, our muse, Stephanie Lorenz, I mean, she is just phenomenal when it comes to community. So when we embark on, on on any initiative with a community partner, as I mentioned before, we want to do it right. So we like to sweat the details, mm-hmm. just how we're wired again at, at CAS, and and then once we engage, it's we're all in. Yeah. Yeah, you all are all in, and there's there's no question about that. And I, I really love that piece of it. So I'm also curious about then as as you sort of structure and think about community. I, I'm 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 sort of curious from a philosophical standpoint. So you know, as we're out having these conversations in communities in a variety of different places, both urban, rural, in Ohio, outside of Ohio, other parts of the world, even you know, one of the things that I hear frequently is we we don't know how to get started. Right. And then once we get started, then how do we sustain partnerships or endeavors, especially partnerships or endeavors that rely on community organizations or industry partners to literally help us be the lift to bridge the gap for kids? And so I'm really curious because you're involved in a number of different things in the community, but I also have a feeling that you you get to be part of a lot of conversations around these types of endeavors, whether CAS ultimately opts in or not. And so I'm super, super curious about how the sort of the the thinking that you might have if a school says, I don't know what to do next. Uh, Well, first, I think it starts with just just ask. I mean, don't be bashful people, right? Be be courageous. We get asked for lots of things. As I mentioned, we we can't do them all. Mm -hmm. We'll engage with you. And then sometimes we'll get asked to do X. And by the time we get done, we've shaped it into something very, 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 very different, but still very, very meaningful. I remember they're giving me a good memory, Dr. Corbin. We asked to hold a music festival on our lawn, something that turned out to be called Wonder Bus. And when we first were asked, it was sort of like, why would we want to have a, mm-hmm. a music 
acceptable on the lawn. But when we got to the point, the point about well, let's let's support mental health with the proceeds from that music festival, then it became easy. Mm-hmm. It's those kinds of, of conversations. So I encourage folks to also just be flexible, adapt, and then you know go out and ask for those other community partners out there. And for those listening or watching, if you've got an idea where CAS can help, either with land, printing, cash, volunteers, we're here. Ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can we talk a little bit about the sort of community garden project that you sure. guys have been thinking about? Because I think that that's something that resonates lots and lots of places and the approach and the thinking behind it. So even if you can't give me specific details about, you know, some of the components and maybe maybe you can, I but you, you and I've had this conversation, so we know what we're talking about here. And the reason I'm asking about it is because this idea around community gardens and thinking about health and wellness in particular for families, for immigrant families coming from a new place, not connected and struggling with understanding how to, to feed and be healthy in a place that is new to you. This is happening all over the country and around the world with different populations. And so there's, there's a tremendous call, if you will, right? But I'm also seeing and all the watching that we're doing with all the STEM education stuff that this idea around gardens, community gardens, health and wellness, whole foods, as opposed to processed pieces, is is at the heart and soul of a lot of communities. And they're struggling with figuring out creative ways to do this that don't look the same everywhere. And I think that what's going on in, in our community is super impactful. This is an exciting one. Thank you for asking about it. it. Oh, it's an urban farm. <laughs> It is the concept, and it's we're, we're neighbors, you and I, and, and yeah. on Tangy River Road, down the street is, are the NBC4 um, folks, and the GM there, Ken Friedman, an amazing individual. They've got seven to ten acres in the back that you can't see from Bullet River Road, and it's just sitting there, and next to the station are thousands of new Americans from the Middle East and Africa. Mm-hmm. Or they want a garden, they want fresh food, can't, hard to do, hard to get. And so the idea is let's, let's create this urban farm or urban uh, garden. And so we were asked, would you lean in? And we immediately said yes, mm-hmm. volunteers and, and other support. And we were able to help bring in some of our colleagues. So we're big on building a network. You just never know how those data points will connect. Mm-hmm. And so Scott's is leaning in the fertilizer and, and more company and other partners, including the OSU uh, ag folks are leaning in and this spring. And I hope you'll be out with us mm-hmm. uh, picking the first, you know, first uh, vegetables from that, that garden, but it will, it will, it will activate here in the next uh, couple of months. In the beginning, it'll be pretty simple, just raise, mm-hmm. but I think over time it'll go high tech and vertical and, and many, many, many other pretty amazing things for those those families in need in that in that community Mm-hmm. And I love the network component of it. And yes, we're all in. I had told you that previously before. In fact, we're hoping that we can do some summer programming with those the the, the students or the kiddos or the families that live right there that are utilizing that space. So that's still, still my hope that that all uh, comes together and works out. But I'm really curious about the way you've crafted or think about the network for that, because that's another piece that I hear uh, schools and communities really struggle with. And so, so when you think about that project and the different entities that got called in, if you will, right, to be part of that. That's a really diverse group of partners as well. Can you share a little bit about what, what some of those are? Because they're not necessarily coming from the places that people would, would assume. 
No, I mean, some were in the area, mm-hmm. um, us and, and, and OSU and Ohio Health. Others were not. And, and I, I neglected to mention Matt Habesh in the Mid-Ohio Food mm-hmm. Collective mm-hmm. because they're leaning in big time with this as well. And and the, the thought there with Matt is, is they have expertise in this space. So we needed that, that experiential knowledge. And, and so happy that that group is leaning in as well. But in terms of how and, and, and we connected all of those folks, that gets back to Ken Friedman and his leadership and a little bit of Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And, well, our, um, I don't know if folks still know what a Rolodex is, but we, <laughs> <laughs> we roll, you pull that thing up. Yeah, roll yeah, through that. Yeah. Out, and, and we just went through it and, you know, do, 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 do. Yeah. And uh, we're pleasantly surprised that everybody we asked said, said yes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Actually, I'm, I'm thrilled that that's going on, you know, in our community. But with the the Columbus community is often a roll up your sleeves and get get work done. I, I appreciate that about our community um, very much. I also want to talk a little bit about the project um, that that you're working on um, with Past, and in, in particular, because I want to use that sort of as, as a, as a sure. catalyst for a conversation around the way organizations, nonprofits in particular that are working in the community can take ideas and then take them to scale, right? So I'm talking about our cybersecurity pathway program that we are in the process of, of building out. And it was one of the those early conversations that we, we had with CAS. And it was one of the things that I leaned into when I realized fully, you know, sort of that, that CAS was so much more than I just thought it was based on the label on the outside of the building, right? And when I, you go there and you fully understand the work that, that you're doing as an organization and how critically important it is, it ties directly for us to how we could think about prepping workforce. And you mentioned earlier that, you know, the, the students that are going through our programs, you know, they're part of the community, they might be potential workforce for CAS and so on and so forth. So it's, it's really, really critically important. But I think that oftentimes, whether they be our school partners or communities and other organizations, this idea of taking concepts or pilot ideas and then truly taking them to scale is one that's really, really hard for nonprofits to do. And we rely on our community assets and community partners to help us do that. And in the case of what we're talking about at PASS with cybersecurity was an interest, just to sort of set the stage for our listeners, an interest that students have around um, all things that have to do with the internet, quite frankly, right? And watching kids not really know how to navigate that and a real push nationally and globally for more students in computer science, which then translates into more issues, uh, students and and opportunity folks in the cybersecurity components of all of that. So it all rolls together. And yet we take a small pilot program where we're running students through summer experiences just to give them to exposure and wanting to to then be able to turn that into a full pathway for high school and early high school graduation for the state of Ohio. And yet we're a bunch of anthropologists that play at creating programs. And so very quickly, and we do this with every single one of our programs is recognize we have no idea what we're doing in that particular industry or that particular space. But if we could lean in to our partners who do this stuff, then we have the potential to build something pretty magical together. So how do, how does how does the CAS then say, sure, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do this crazy thing. Because it's oh, kind of crazy, you have to admit, on some levels. It, it, we love it. And, and, and I don't know, maybe it's part of our passion as well in that space. But, but when you asked, I, I think we immediately uh, said yes. And I used a safe word. I mean, just call it a pilot or just mm-hmm. call it an experiment. And you know what? If we fail, we'll learn from it. We'll get back up and we'll just try again, right? That, that's kind of the philosophy. 
if you will, at, at, at CAS. And then we try to also sort of chunk things up. Sometimes yeah. so big that you just can't get it off the ground. Right. But, so just start small and then, you know, let it grow from there. And that's why we're so excited about that cybersecurity program. Talent, if we have an Achilles heel at CAS, that it would be talent. Mm-hmm. Strategy is sound. We've got many, 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 many resources. But getting the right talent is tough. And in that cybersecurity space, that's, that's one area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just that's another area. So many of the tech spaces, and that's why we're so... Again, proud to partner with you because you're creating the next generation of talent in, in those spaces. Yeah, and we hear that. I appreciate that very much. And we hear that repeatedly from our industry um, partners that, you know, talent, you know, is the thing more than anything else. We're trying to figure that out. And it, it, it's a global issue across many, many different um, industries. We, we hear that a lot. And now with um, the exciting, you know, the, the, the ribbon cutting someday of the new Intel plants, be just an even more of a demand, I think, in Central Ohio for that type of uh, of talent. A good thing. Oh, it is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Out. And I think that for we're sure. gonna, we, yeah, we are going to see more, more and more of this need. And so I'm super, super excited about you know late May, early June ribbon cutting, if you will, at, at pass on opening that new um, cyber um, and digital lab is pretty, pretty exciting um, for us as well, and certainly for the students. And because we have been actively piloting in that space, and we we did a lot of testing last summer, and the sort of the fruits of that labor, if you will, which I do think goes back to how we we tie into those sort of community partnership components is that, you know, now we've got staff who've been certified to instruct in that space. We never had that before. That's really, really exciting for us. We have the first students in the first classes, you know, on the verge of earning collegiate credit in cybersecurity because we we, we consciously said, let's do this thing, right? And, and that conscious, let's do this thing component for us is not possible without partners. We don't do anything on our own. And so, you know, not only do I appreciate the fact that CAS leaned in for us in the space and continuing to do so, but that more broadly, I think that our industry partners recognize that to be able to make those shifts and those transitions, you have to invest in the workforce of the future. At the end of the day, I often will talk about this is not philanthropy, right? This, this is this is your development of your workforce, your talent, and your pipeline. It just happens to come in the form often from our industry partners as philanthropy, but it's so much more than that. Completely agree, right? It's giving to the future for sure. It Uh, is, absolutely. Well, I always like to sort of think about rounding out the conversation with... Yeah, asking a question that sometimes puts folks on the spot, but it's super, super meaningful, you know, as it relates to what is next. So when CAS thinks about community and community impact, and you're really thinking about not not necessarily the specifics of, hey, we're getting ready to do this thing, but more importantly, what does those internal ongoing conversations look like that says, hey, if we're gonna we're gonna think about, you know, paths forward for our community, how do we, how do we, how do we meaningfully do that? For us, so we want to do so much more in the diversity space mm-hmm. um, so that you're going to see a lot more over the next coming months and years from, from, from CAS there, for sure. And then still a lot more in the, in the STEM, STEAM space that we've got. In our hand. We kind of have a pipeline, if you will, of what we're, we're planning. I'd probably get in trouble with Stephanie if I, if I tell yeah, it's you. Okay. <laughs> but, but it's okay. But it's, but it's coming. And, and, and we, we, we definitely want to make more of an impact in central Ohio, but I, I mentioned that we're also a global organization. Mm-hmm. Also, 
trying to figure out how do we how do we scale or expand this to outside of Columbus uh, as well. So that's in the works also. But to, so, and, and you've already started that. I mean, you know, your 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 water pump project. Uh, one of the first conversations we had right in Africa is you know, is, is a bit of that footprint in other places. And so I assume that it's one of those things that will just sort of roll in. Room. Yeah, For exactly. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. Well, Michael, thank you so much for making time thank out of you, your Dr. day Portland. to, to oh, join us in the conversation. We're honored and humbled to take seriously to be a partner with the Past Foundation. And again, thank you for being such a role model and the leader that you are of past. Well, we appreciate that. But I really, really appreciate you making time to sort of talk about this because this is so hard for so many of the communities that PASS works with and engage in to really sort of figure out and navigate this whole concept of, of industry and community and organizational partners in K-12 coming together to figure out how to solve problems for our students and for workforce of the future. So thank you for what you do. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.